What does it mean to manufacture a stronger standard? At DeGeist, it means to solve challenges and help manufacturers achieve more through our people, our technology, and our belief that anything is possible. This is Manufacturing a Stronger Standard, a podcast by DeGeist. Hello and welcome to Manufacturing a Stronger Standard, your source for thought leadership in manufacturing and finishing from DeGeist Corporation. I'm Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show. Now, today we're kicking off a new series from DeGeist called What's New in Finishing Technology, where we're doing a deep dive into each of their product offerings and providing some education and insight into what it is, how it's used, and much, much more. So today's episode is going to focus on nitrotherm. And joining me are our two subject matter experts who are going to tell us all about it. First and foremost, we have Derek DeGeese, president of DeGeese Corporation and Lesta USA. Derek, thanks for being here. Hey, Tyler. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then we're also proud to be welcoming Bill Robinson to the program. He's the president of Coding Delivery Technology. Bill, thank you so much for being here. Thanks. Excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. And uh, Derek, let's start off here. Just give us uh, just kind of some background on uh, on what Nitrotherm is, where you discovered it, and uh, and how it made its way to North America. Yeah, I would say that as we opened up Lesta USA um, and brought Lesta's technology to North America, we also, just through our international travels, we discovered other products that were being used because of automation that was available in Europe um, that they were able to utilize that we just really weren't. Um, some of the technology like Nitrotherm, what I didn't never heard of it before. So we were traveling over in Europe looking at uh, our Lesta robotic solutions, learning on how to use them, visiting customers, seeing how they're using robots in general industry, customers from small three-man shops to big, big thousand people companies. And the robotic solutions that we were looking at, um, we would go talk to how their systems were put up and see how they're how they're putting them together. And Nitrotherm kept coming up in a lot of the places we had been. So I'm like, what is this technology? I mean, you have an amazing robotic application here and you want to talk about how proud you are of this thing. And that was kind of a unique thing is that we're over unfiltered because uh, we're talking to companies because halfway across the world, you can have uh, you can have a real conversation and it, it's really refreshing. And it's a unique opportunity that I, I really learned a lot from. And uh, Nitrotherm was something that really we we knew that we had to have. Once we found out what it did and what it was, we knew we had to bring it to, to our, our operation. And so as we were building our system, um, we had to find out how can we get this to the U.S.? because um, I never heard of it and calling around and you know, the people around us had heard about it in the Midwest um, and stumbled upon and got a found out about CDT, Coding Delivery Technologies, and called up Bill. And I met Bill for the first time and told him, I said, we got to bring this technology into our facility and we need it. And uh, and that's how kind of we met uh, and got started. That's how it was. <laughs> I get a call from uh, South Dakota for somebody saying they need a nitrotherm. And we've been in the business for about 16, 17 years now, and, and basically nobody calls and orders one. It's a it's a strange little product and, and doesn't have a tremendous market, especially in the U.S. And to have someone that was familiar with it was pretty amazing. And uh, Derek called and said they wanted to put it in their plant. And uh, actually, out of all the years in business, it was the first time we actually got an order. And didn't I didn't actually meet Derek till we got there for the installation. So uh, <laughs> it was pretty exciting. Uh, and we decided it would be a good opportunity to work with them with their uh, with their knowledge. We hooked up 
they're robots. And uh, we left and he called back and said, we're putting in a lab and we're going to we're going to move some of these nitrotherms. And it's it's been a great um, alliance because they have the understanding of the robots and they have the nitrotherms there. And now they have them in their lab. And it's uh, it's a great opportunity where people can see exactly what it does uh, with their application in, in a real environment, which is pretty exciting. Well, one of the things that that Bill, that I would say that that's different about our situation and your current customers. I mean, you have you told me you've got applications all over uh, North America in in all kinds of different applications. But when you look at it on a manual setting, um, gauging some of these is harder to be able to find out where the gains are and what it can do. Um, and the differences when just you don't often get to talk to people or people. So this becomes kind of the best kept little secret on how this can work. And so um, when we're over in Europe and we're talking to a company who has a system and they're they're saying and telling us the benefits and gains that they've had, it just we we see the proof and it's just it's working. And we're like, we need we need this to replicate the success they had. And so that's was uh, was kind of what's different, I think, about when, when we called and we met for the first time. And uh, so just, it's really neat. Um, one of the things that uh, we want, I really want to get into and talk about is just the benefits of what it does. You know, Bill, can you maybe just explain yeah. to everybody, since we never really talked about it yet, I could say it and I'll say it later here, but why would anybody want this? Well, it's simple. And, and to address part of the reason why nobody knows about it is probably more than 75% of our clients like Toyota or whoever, we have uh, confidentiality agreements because their uh, their system, they want to protect what they're doing or what their edge is. And uh, so the nitrotherm, in most cases, every case, basically, other than the geese, we have to go and prove the system, which involves uh, going to their site and hooking into their production and, and getting an opportunity to hook up while they're running production and then evaluating and testing it. But the nitrotherm itself is really uh, not rocket science. It's just combining three unique things that give uh, painters uh, or robots controls that they don't have. What happens is we're taking standard compressed air, which basically hasn't been addressed. Everybody knows that they use compressed air for atomizing liquid or for spraying powder. And they try to make the air industrial clean is what you would, is what this saying would be. But uh, compressed air is a, is a carrier of liquid in this case or powder, either one is not the most efficient carrier. So what we do is the nitrotherm hooks up to their compressed air system. We then filter out everything uh, but about 97% nitrogen. You're breathing nitrogen now about 78%, but when you get to a, a, a high concentrated nitrogen, it's in anhydrous, it's inert, and it's a better carrier of fluids. So we're able to actually reduce the atomizing air pressure that they have and get a better transfer efficiency. And that, that reduces overspray and provides a better application and a more consistent application because compressed air is constantly changing with humidity, dew point, and temperature. So we're spraying with nitrogen, which is the, the first and most consistent thing. And then we've added a few other uh, controls on there. One is heat. In liquid uh, with nitrotherm, we actually have the ability to heat, not the paint. We're not heating the paint. We're heating the compressed nitrogen now which at atomization at the point that it that it meets the liquid. And uh, a perfect example of that is last week we were in North Carolina at a facility that does tool tool beds uh, and uh, they don't have a recirculating bake oven. So they have to spray, then they have to leave for a bake and it doesn't, it only, it's a 90 degrees temperature oven. So they're not getting a full cure on their product. And we were able to turn the sealer up to like 140 degrees of 
temperature. So the sealer flashed off instantly and that saved them eight minutes. And then they were able to put the top coat on uh, faster and smoother. And we had that temperature up to about 135. The result was in uh, in 20 minutes, they were bringing the product out. And in uh, one case, believe it or not, they had a run, a big run. And usually that means that thing has to sit around for a day and a half uh, before they can rub it and uh, sand it and do it again. The, the manager said, let's see how long that's going to take. And I said, it's ready. So they took a sanding block and sanded it and uh, product's ready to go. Hmm. And it's just an amazing thing. We can cut down bake times, bake temperatures, and reduce flash time, which is which is huge in a production environment. Third thing is uh, an ionization process, which is actually putting a charge again on the carrier. And that allows for holding down the product better. It eliminates the modeling that happens with uh, metallics and provides a more even uh, uh, dry film build. And you just put those three things together and have those controls, and, and it it basically gives some tremendous results. Usually there's a significant uh, paint savings, uh, significant reduction in uh, rework and, and faster production, which also uh, allows them to increase production. Well, and that's what, what was so neat is that it's been here, but no one really knows about it. And, uh, and I, I think it's funny how you say it. Maybe you can say it so I don't get, uh, I don't get assassinated or someone come after me. But the, the reason why, why haven't people heard about this bill? I mean, you've been around, you put them in, but but why, why would someone out here say like, if this is so great, how come I never heard about it? What, what would you say to that? There's a lot of reasons. One is if, uh, you know, the, one of the major information services for a paint company or anybody that's using paint is their paint supplier. The paint suppliers don't really like us. We go into an account that might be spending $4 million a year in paint and all of a sudden they're spending 3.2 or something like that. And uh, it's, it's not a happy situation. The other thing is uh, they like to have control uh, for their warranty and how they mix the product and the temperature aspect lets, gives the, the actual user some advantages that, uh, that lets them optimize their product. But when you really get into why is the market not there, this product is made in Grisetto, Italy, which is uh, about 90 miles north of Rome. It's made by uh, uh, the inventor, Mr. Milley, has about 11 patents, 11 or 13 patents, I think. Started in the welding gas business, found out that that uh, nitrogen can really enhance spray painting and created the nitrotherm product. And he went through two importers here. I was the uh, sales manager for one of them before I got the import rights and we started building the business. And uh, typically, I mean, if they were owned by a Graco or somebody, probably everybody would have one, uh, but that's not the case. The other issue is because of the product, you call somebody and you say, this is what it's going to do for you. How many do you want? And they say, well, we'd have to see that. So there's a pretty elaborate process in having to prove this and test it out. And that is the the wonderful thing about the geese now. So you have your lab up there and we have uh, nitrotherm units up there. And when you're bringing a customer in for robots, uh, you set it up and you get them going with the compressed air. And then you flip the switch to nitrogen and say, by the way, here's an improved finish with reduced time and uh, and less materials. And it's uh, it's a great thing that they can actually see in an in a environment that's not... Uh, having to wait for production issues. And that is one thing with uh, with our company, through DeGeese Corporation, our automation side, we have that set up in our test lab, but in our production side of DeGeese Steelworks and in our finishing uh, divisions, we also were using these products. 
So we're using them in our production environment and we know what the savings are because we're using them. We can show our customers, we've got four large booths, two running epoxies and two urethane top coats and we're running nitrotherm on all of them. I would not want to run without them. That's amazing too, because uh, when I go up, we were up there for that testing or with the, I think it was powder that time we were in your facility and after being in facility after facility, and then we go into your facility there and the, the hang line is running and all the materials are getting, all the products getting painted. And uh, I think in the whole day we were there, we saw somebody walk to the paint shop like one time, you know, where normally it's a very intense labor control, uh, monitoring, working, changing, updating, and the robots and the nitrotherms were just jamming away with uh, <laughs> pretty much the lights off and everything going in the that itself has got to be pretty pretty impressive to customers or prospects. What does help it show so we can talk to them about the journey we've been on. And so we started with normal our pain application specialist Brad Rupert is with us. Um, he works with all of our customers. And when we we brought this back, I initially had been to Europe before he came on the first time, and I had been over there and I, and I told him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, that sounds like some voodoo magic stuff. I don't believe in it." And then when we put it in. Um, we almost had we had to change our whole equipment setup because our our velocities and our in our spray that we wanted to be able to do was going down so far our regulators couldn't even handle it. Um, so we reduced our our pressures so much that uh, we had to change our equipment setup, and we went down and we ended up we're saving like thirty some plus percent on our paint running the same robot programs. And I knew it would work even when I first when I called you because we were at a customer about three years ago now when we were first getting started with Lesta. We're touring, and there is a Lesta robotic uh, liquid spray application system, and they were using the Lesta robot, and they had production rack parts they're running for, I think, like John Deere and some other large ag and some other big uh, companies. And they were running these parts through and we got to meet them, how they did their system. And then we came back, uh, would be two years later with the rest of our automation team as we're, as they were going through training and uh, for for our launch to the Lesta USA. And we went back to that same facility and they had redone their system. At that time, they were using Kremlin and they added an auto, an auto color mix changer. They had like 30 different five gallon buckets of different paints on, and they all tied into a system automatically going through the Lesta system, but they were doing the same parts. And so they were using the same programs that they had made and for the robot with Lesta. And then they put nitrotherm on. The only change they made is they had a nitrotherm. And the guy was just beaming. He was so excited to talk to me about it because he had put, taken the same programs. They had increased production over 30% because they were now, they were spraying with paint. You didn't have, you didn't have the solvents in there and we were, the flash off was quicker. The cure time was quicker. So we could increase the speed that he was running and then he was running the same programs and he was able to take over 30% of his uh, material of his paint off, off of each program because you're able to reduce your velocity. And when you reduce your velocity, you increase your transfer efficiency. That's it. That's it. And not only that, now that you reduce your velocity and increase your transfer efficiency, now they went from running these same programs and the same parts that they were running and they were replacing their booth filters and changing out their booth every three weeks. They now run in the same programs with the nitrotherm, hadn't changed their booth filters in three months. 
And, you know, that's something no one really thinks about, but that's downtime and that's labor and that, and that's showing, and those filters cost money. Um, so I was another, I mean, it was, that's why when, when I came back home, it's like, I'm like, Bill, give me four of these things as soon as you can. And and I knew our ROI that we were going to have on it was going to be probably about four or five months, maybe. So that's why we were, we were ready to go. We'd seen it and we'd seen what it can do. And so that's one of the things that we replicate in our test lab for our customers is to say, okay, give us your, we'll, we'll spray your paint. We'll use your equipment and then we'll run it with compressed air. And then when we turn the nitro therm on, we run the exact same robotic program that got the mill thickness build that you wanted on your paint. And now we run it again and it's like running. <laughs> so yeah. then we to keep turning it down, turn it down till we get to that mill thickness. We show you what that change is and then you can calculate and see your savings. I mean, it's just right there. There's no, there's just, just using science. And I would say, I would say the average in, in the liquid, which, which has tremendous applications, um, I would say the average return is four to 11 months. It's hard to, to figure out. Sometimes the savings is irrelevant because like in aluminum extrusions, those large vertical lines, uh, we've had facilities that can go from nine to 14 feet a minute in production. I mean, that's that far out passes uh, material savings. All of the material savings are still there, but we have applications, of course, in the OEM with uh, Toyota. Um, we have uh, woodworking on the flat lines, just about any applications that spring. Manual robotics, if they're spraying with compressed air, then the majority of the time we're going to have significant benefits for them in speed, finish quality, and uh, savings. That's a good point, Bill, because it isn't just spraying liquid on on metal parts. I mean, it just happened to be what we started with with our company, but it works in the wood. Um, it also works in fiberglass too, right? Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of business going on right now with uh, gel coats uh, and fiberglass on boats because the overspray is a big problem, especially for the ones that have multiple colors. You know, they're spraying a reverse into a mold and they're and they're having to put tape in there to change the lines. And if you got a blurry end or you got overspray in another area, it makes a big difference. The way it lays out the metal flake on items like bass boats uh, yeah, is tremendous. And we have I think we have. Uh, nine different installations now between Tracker, Ranger, Yamaha, Skeeter, uh, and we've got two more tests set up uh, in the next month with, with the company. So gel coat's a pretty big thing as well, fiberglass. It's amazing. There's one application in Europe that uses, uh, they spray those, the big rounds of, uh, of cheese. Uh, mm-hmm. By using the nitrotherm, they were able to spray that wax on uh, quite a bit faster. So <laughs> glues, That's cool. some adhesives on flat lines. There's a lot of uh, almost uh, any application where they're spraying. We're doing some gluing stuff right now too, uh, Bill. That's going to be, we're getting set up to do some tests in our lab. And that's that's the one thing that we want to be able to do in our lab with our robots is that we're not going to take time out of their facility, out of their production environment and take their people's time. We're going to take their coding and we're going to take the equipment that they're going to use. We're going to set it up in a robotic application in our lab and we're going to run it. And then we're going to use compressed air and replicate what they're doing now. And then we're going to turn the system on and show them what it'll do. And so it's ex- it's exact science and we're going to show you the difference. And then I think the really cool thing about CDT and, and your team between you and Chris is that you guys go to their facility when we put it in and we help teach them how to, how, how to use it. So, and we work together to be able to dial back to find, to find that new sweet spot and then be able to help train because the science is there and it does its job. And now that we, we've proven that now we, you also go to the next step um, with, with our team and together we go there and we helped teach them how to use it and to its fullest. 
Yeah, it has to be optimized. You know, you can't, how I wish we could just ship them in a box and they plugged in and it was it was perfect. But, uh, you know, there's different types of paints, different types of uh, spray boost setups, different type of guns. And so it has to be uh, has to be optimized to, to really maximize the use of it. Bill, one other really good thing that, that I, a point I want to make that the, the thing that we were most passionate about, I mean, the savings are awesome and some of the other benefits are really cool. But as far as... Uh, as a manufacturing owner of a robotic solution, and as we've had a lot of robotic solutions and a lot of different applications in our facility, it's the most important thing as you look at bringing in automation is eliminating variables, the, mo- the most important thing. And with this one is the easiest way in a paint system, which is very complex processes anyways, is that you can eliminate variables. And the one is that you have the same temperature um, that you're constantly have at the gun year round, whether it's August or whether it's January. Does the humidity, temperature, all that is controlled. And when you're controlling those variables, that creates a better application for a robot. And so the savings to us were were kind of a cherry on top because we were eliminating variables. We had the same constant temperature, and then we we knew what we were getting year round. And that was important for us to be able to make sure that we're going to put down a good product to, to eliminate or decrease our rework. And so that was kind of the start of that. So, and the other thing is that we just had to plug it in. It was the barn on the easy easiest, simplest thing to be able to do. Can you, can you explain just maybe the science of, of how it works with compressed air? And then do you have to, and just that you don't have to do a whole lot of prep to set it, to, to get it set up? Yes. It's a uh, quite simple, sounds simple. I mean, you got to get into their production environment, but basically the big variable of atomizing spray is compressed air. Where's the compressor? How far away? What's the temperature? What's the temperature of the compressed air in the morning compared to the afternoon? Uh, if it's raining, it's not raining. That all changes the density of compressed air. Our unit simply is a, it's a box like a control panel. It uses 110 voltage. We plug it in and hook it up to your compressed air line, and there's a membrane in there. There's already 78% nitrogen in the compressed air. It's the other 21% of oxygen, inert, moisture, dew point that's affecting and changing. So uh, by by pressing everything out, basically going through a membrane and ending up with a condensed nitrogen, you have a, a very stable product. Uh, a lot of the turbulence or mostly all the turbulence is eliminated and you have a, a more efficient carrier that doesn't change unless it's over 300 or under 300 degrees. So it comes out of that membrane. The temperature is also interesting because, you know, when you try to heat paint, where did you heat it? How long did you heat it? What's the temperature when it gets to atomization? When we say 135 temperature, we're providing 135 temperature uh, within six inches of the of the gun, typically, so that you're getting a consistent atomizing temperature all the time, and that lets you uh, gives you a control factor that you normally don't have. That's why in manuals painting, uh, a real good painter looks at it and says it's it, it's not going on that right, so he has to adjust either his air pressure or the fluid. With robots, it's critical because they're set up to do the same thing over and over again, and they don't have a way to adjust. So by having that consistent carrier with the with the, the always the same charge, always the same temperature, and and it's not changing like compressed air, you can dial in that robot, and it's going to be that way every time. Some people would just say, "Well, why don't I just pipe over my nitrogen I'm using for my laser and just pipe that into my paint system? It's just all we're doing is add nitrogen. Why don't I just get a nitrogen tank?" We have a genius 
uh, foreman or somebody that comes up with that idea on every test. We call him the doubting <laughs> Danny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we got nitrogen right outside. Well, that's that's number one. That's a completely uh, different nitrogen that's bottled usually under high pressure and and it costs money. I mean, it, people say, well, where's the nitrogen for this? And then you spend three days working with them and then they go, where do you get the nitrogen? It's it's already in the air. We're just compressing and we're taking basically through a membrane system, taking everything out, put the nitrogen. And that's a huge part of it. If you had to supply uh, nitrogen to it, it would be, it would be, you know, it wouldn't be cost effective. So, and it's just a membrane process. Uh, 15 years ago, when we started selling these, um, the process of, of condensing nitrogen out of compressed air was a much, the unit would be four times the size and you had to heat it and you had to do uh, all kinds of things. Well, the membrane Technology has gotten so good now, which is just a tremendous amount of fibers that only uh, that take everything out, but uh, the nitrogen, and it's not a high pressure. It just works on uh, you know in your typical shop air, 100, 110 pounds. So it's a very efficient way to get an extremely efficient carrier. Well, and then you're not just using nitrogen either. I mean, you're using pure nitrogen from your compressed air at the unit, but then through that unit, we were also adding the ionizing, you're controlling the ionization and then also fine tuning with that and using that to be able to use the temperature that you're controlling at the gun. If you're just using compressed nitrogen from outside of your laser tank, you, you have the same problem as compressed air, don't you? I mean, your temperatures could be changing all the time, right? Well, the nitrogen, I mean, if, if the nitrogen was outside, it's, it's really not going to affect it as a carrier. It's just that you only have one of the three tools we have. So if you got nitrogen, you could reduce your, your atomizing air pressure to some extent. Are you going to get the flow uh, that the ionization adds? Uh, no. Are you going to get the added advantage of, of a constant temperature and being able to accelerate the temperature to uh, decrease flash time? No. So uh, it's, you know, it's the three things together that make this product uh, what it is and the ability to, to control those three things at the application site. So it lays down better too. Like, how does that work? Because I've seen that it, our transfer efficiency is going up. It looks better. It's laying out nice. Is that just because we're, we're also, we're, we're reducing the solvents and you're spraying paint. I mean, the heat is huge to this, right? Because by taking the solvents out and you warm up paint, your molecules are smaller and you're just getting paint on there, right? Well, you're reducing the solvent. So you have, so you have a, a higher percentage of, of the high solids, which is the, what, what you have left on the body when it dries. But the, the point is when you have compressed air and it's going through a compressed air system, uh, it picks up a, a, a negative charge. It picks up static uh, electricity. And, and that static is like if you spray metallics, the different metallics pick up positive and negative charges and they kind of run from each other. Like at Toyota, if you look at uh, uh, bumpers, particularly if you spray metallics on those, they run over to the edge and lip up and then they, they change based on what charge is coming through the compressed air. When you have the same exact charge through the ionization process that's going on there, the metallics just lay down. The material lays down. It's not, it's not fighting each other. So, you know, there's there's a lot of turbulence in compressed air and different molecules are uh, actually make this, the material move around more. And it just works. You put it on, you make changes. Some places are different. Some places have, you know, temperature is absolutely unimportant. Some places temperature is critical. Regardless of what the application is, if they're spraying with compressed air, I mean, you understand that atomization happens from compressed air at a certain pressure. So if you're Typical pressure could be 60 pounds with electrostatic. It could be, you know, 30 pounds or 40 pounds with uh, 
a regular conventional spray gun, we're we are able to drop that down by like 40%. And so now that's where your transfer efficiency and it's that overspray that picks up trash and brings it back into the spray curtain that gets all over the spray booth that fills up the filters. So, um, you know, eliminating all those things is, is just one step after another that, that makes up a, a better finish. And then you put the heat on it and you can reduce the cycle time for the product. Well, and then the electrostatic charge that you have also improves or, or overcomes the Faraday effect as well. I mean, that's one thing that we've really seen is that we're able to get in places that we couldn't before. And so that's kind of been a really, really added benefit for us as well. And a huge benefit in uh, powder coating, which we use the polyfluid system for. I mean, that's just a critical factor there. Mm-hmm. So, Bill and Derek, as we begin to wrap up our conversation today, um, I, I think it's worth just uh, just discussing um, and maybe summarizing some things and uh, and making sure that we've covered all of our bases. So, Bill, let me go to you first um, to just give us a quick summary of everything we've talked about today, and also uh, if we've missed anything, if there's anything that we need to add on to uh, this conversation as we wrap up our, our our discussion today about nitrotherm. Appreciate the time, and uh, it's exciting to be working with uh, the geest with uh, the nitrotherm, which is our our liquid application. And of course, they're going to see that in the lab. The other exciting thing is that they also have a powder coating in the lab and we have a polyfluid product, which is very similar. We're going to reduce uh, material usage, improve quality and uh, improve production time uh, in, in both installations. And with the geese, they have the ability to actually actually see it and work on, on as they test the robots and work with bringing robots into their business. And I would say to to follow up on that, Bill, that uh, working together with CDT's decades of of application experience with nitrotherm and their other product, the polyfluid, now coupled with our production experience, um, using it in the production environment and now adding these new applications to our robotics and then also to our robotic customers. uh, It's a really powerful uh, combination that we bring bring to our customers. And it's just a simple solution. It's a complicated problem that made simple and you eliminate variables. And when we add a robotic application, it's eliminating variables is the name of the game. And the more you can eliminate, the more successful you're going to be. And it's the, as a manufacturing owner of a company, it's the most simplest and easiest piece of equipment we've ever bought bar none. I mean, we plugged it in, we came in once we had it set up and dialed in, it was, uh, there's, there's like almost zero maintenance. It just works and we turn it on and it's been, been fantastic, uh, return and it's been fun fine tuning and continuing to make our processes better as we check this one off. It just snowballs that we can make the next one better and it helps improve the next one. And it's been a, it's been a really fun journey, uh, together. Well, the other big advantage, I mean, in, in with the robots, because we run into this as I think about it a lot, uh, somebody's just spent X amount of money setting up their robots and setting up their process and their time. And then we walk in with this box that allows them to uh, reduce the pressure and uh, spray differently and spray with different temperatures. And it, it's a, it's a, so they have to think, are we going to retool right now? What are we going to have to do with the geese uh, as they move into uh adding robots, uh, they're already going to have the setup, which is the critical part of your factor, putting it all together in your facility before you take it out there. I mean, that's, to me, is uh, one of the most powerful things about working with robots uh, is the fact that you're you're doing the whole implementation. And as we tie Nitrotherm uh, in with that, that's just one more part of the piece all put together at one time. Yes, absolutely. 
Well, Derek and Bill, guys, thank you so much for for joining us today here on the podcast, talking a little bit about Nitrotherm and uh, and breaking all of this down for us. So, Derek, Bill, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for joining us for this episode of Manufacturing a Stronger Standard, your source for thought leadership in manufacturing and finishing from DeGeest Corporation. We are uh, so thrilled that you joined us for this episode. And of course, uh, we have plenty more episodes on the podcast channel for you to consume a lot of thought leadership, a lot of expertise um, when it comes to uh, a lot of different areas of the manufacturing process. And so you're going to want to go check out those podcasts uh, that we have there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or also on the DeGeest website. Make sure to go check check those out. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.